how can I give you up? How can I hand you over? I haven't got the heart to do that. It won't let me do it. You're too precious to me. I never realized just how until now. Without you, I am lost. Without you, I have no purpose. And despite what you have done, despite the way you have broken my heart, I will not turn my back on you. I will not forget you. I can't. I am God. I am God and can't do that. My love for you is too strong. The astonishing poetry of love, well, actually of Hosea trying to express God's goodness or God's godness to the people. We've just passed Valentine's Day and here is the corrective to all of that. This is the deep down hurting love of a God for whom it is impossible to bear down on us with wrath, but rather unconditional love. Hello. I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister of New Kilpatrick Parish, and this is our 374th anniversary of being a parish. Not a building or a church or a congregation, but a parish. And it is the only anniversary we remember because it is the anniversary of our calling to care and be the love of God we have just heard about for our neighbours. So on this anniversary, we have... Hosea echoing in our ears and God calling us into tomorrow. Let us worship. God of this community, broad and wide, beyond walls, beyond belief, beyond membership, we give thanks for the challenge and the call to be a parish community here in the heart of these people. Thanks for the story we tell in the heart of this area. Thanks for the prayers we make in the hearts of people's need. Thanks for the learning we've found in the heart of our connections. Yet confession that we have not always been the people our parish needs, worried about our own future, Concerned about survival, fearful of what we can bring to the table. It is a confusing place to be at times. And we have been generous and open and we have been narrow and closed. We have been very human and we wonder who we are at times and what we can do. Yet we have also risen to the occasion offered ourselves, opened ways to engage, been hurt and hurt others, yet rejoiced and rejoiced with others. So we give both thanks and confess, as a parish church, that we might constantly turn outwards, journey with others, learn about ourselves from our neighbours, and give all we can to all who are our parish. All the time trusting you, a God of love, who will not let us go, as we learn not to let others go, because your heart 
our hearts will not let us do it. Hear us as we gather in the Lord's prayer that connects us and calls us. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. There is a passage for us today that is perhaps one of the most profound and generous passages there is in the Bible. We're using the, the, the women's lectionary at the moment, so the passages are supplied for particular dates. And for the anniversary of being a parish, we have been given a gift. These prophetic words, that prophetic poetry of Hosea. A prophet who was told to marry a prostitute by God, who has children to this prostitute and whose whole life and relationship was a picture of the relationship God felt God had with the people. And it's not the easiest image to have. God is angry. God is upset. God is ready to let go of the people who have prostituted themselves to other gods. And Hosea, in some moment of deep inspiration, offers this poetry almost out of nowhere. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. And I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt. And Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities, it consumes their oracle priests, and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me to the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over? O Israel, how can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath.
at times like these uncertain times, many of us seek time to reflect, to time to work out what is going on in a confused world that has lost what it is about. In the same way we saw Jesus do this very thing last week as he wandered into Samaria, hoping to have some downtime. Didn't quite work out that way. But still we need such times to reflect, to think more deeply about who we are. That isn't just about doing the same things all the time, especially when they no longer bring life politically or socially or religiously. A time of spiritual introspection. And our role model is no other than God, met in Hosea. That not particularly well-known prophet, the, the living symbol of Hosea and his prostitute wife illustrates God wasn't in a good place with the people and neither were the people themselves. It was all getting rather messy. And God, according to Hosea's words, is sick to death with the Israelites, frustrated at their lack of engagement in their relationship. It seems it has all been one-sided and it's all been God's side. And in a very human moment, God offers a, a pale, painfully felt litany of all the things the divine has done to care for the Israelites. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. This is God looking in the mirror one morning after a restless night and coming to a decision that it just can't go on. Something has to give. It is a, a major moment of divine introspection and it is utterly unique where we can listen in to, to God probe God's own mind. Our regular view of religion does not have a God like this. There is no unresolved interior life with God. God has it all worked out. God knows what God is about, but clearly not. Here, God is revising the divine mind and we are spectators to God's internal thought processes. You don't get this very often. God, it appears, is torn between emotive rage lashing out on the one hand and self-disciplined faithfulness on the other. It is the moment we should sit in silent amazement and reflect on the God disclosed to us in this poem. This is the God who has complex emotional intelligence, who is honest with God's self, who is very much other than all our conventional versions of God. This is God in self-critical reflection. And it's beautiful. Truly some of the most honest words ever used of God. They shall return to the land of Egypt and Assyria shall be their king, says God, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities, he goes on. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. But then... Then God catches the divine self and the whole thing changes and there is pain and tears and a good look in the mirror that morning. How can I give you up, 
Ephraim. How can I hand you over, O Israel? My heart will not let me do it. My love for you is too strong. I am God and not a human, and I will not come in wrath. Can you feel God weep? God take the hankies out to stop the mascara running. This is deep self-reflection. This is emotion born of divine love. This is scripture. This is God. Let's sit with this a little and reflect ourselves on what is perhaps lacking in our own confused society. Where do we find the internal dialogue that surely helps us live more fully and honestly? Are we too busy, too tired, too focused on better scores with our economy, our politics, our neighbours, our presbytery plan, and to have an internal probe of who we are and who we intend to be? Without that introspection, the result is absolutism, hanging on to what we imagine is definite, not allowing ourselves to, to veer from that or be seen to question or have any internal life. A living faith, as we know and certainly experience here, hopefully, depends upon a capacity to reflect. Otherwise, it is unhealthy. But perhaps more significantly, the absence of such self-critique makes our society unhealthy because a free society, a democratic society, is more than a series of reactive responses. Too often our first response is a reaction based on the first feelings we have and usually that is of anger before a more reflective, critical look at ourselves and what we need the future to be. That has to be true of our leaders and there seems to be a lack of that self-awareness at times, other than perhaps the one example this week of Nicola Sturgeon choosing to resign, regardless of what you think of her. That honest self-knowing on God's part makes new futures possible for God's people. They would not be possible as long as God remained in the mode of a rant. In Hosea's poetry, the future of God and God's people depends upon that self-critical awareness. When God asks, what can I do differently to be my true self? God makes a different future possible. So in this less well-known passage, little read and even less reflected on, lies a possible future, not just for ourselves, but for the way we do the world. So let's listen and hear Isaiah's words once more. So in the echo of Hosea and a God who reaffirms it is love that drives the divine will and shapes faith and, and holds our story. As a parish church with the emphasis on parish, there is our calling and our challenge, our model and purpose in being here. Maybe Hosea is needed again 
in Western society. Maybe these words are the words the world needs to hear again, that there is a love in the world that will not destroy or come in wrath. And as we look outwards towards our parish and recognise the place we are called to be, may we dedicate ourselves to continue in the tradition of a God who comes in love and generosity unconditionally. A God whose love is too strong to be overtaken in anger. A God who recognises, who comes face to face with God's self and says, I am of love, not fear. Love, not prejudice. Love, not hunger. Love, not loneliness. So 374 years living as the gravity of love for this parish community, certainly not perfectly, but as we reflect and introspect, offer some self-critique, may that gravity grow stronger and our parish grow stronger. In God's name. Thank you again for the invitation to join you for worship. Thank you for gathering here on our anniversary Sunday as well. 374 years of being a parish church and how we celebrate that is to learn to do more things in our parish and to care for the people we are called to, to care for and to be a community with and to learn from our parish as well, which is the big thing that we sometimes forget to do. However, all our activities are there printed in the order of on the order of service, the bulletin, um, as well as on the website at nkchurch.org.uk. But there you'll see a list of activities that we are engaging our community with, our, our mental health and wellbeing group. I mean, Massimo's begins again at the beginning of March. We have our art group, which is on Monday um, this week coming and uh, where it's a kind of a warm space, but a, a space just to kind of be together in a community and do something different. We have our Lent series coming up um, from next week on a Tuesday evening. Um, instead of the Bible study, we'll have Bible study this week, and then following that, it'll be five weeks of our Lent course, a discussion group around some short videos and activities about who Jesus is and how we can engage more creatively with that story in our communities. So please do come along to any of these activities. Um, all the information is in the bulletin and on the website and we hope to catch up with you there face to face uh, or online here on our video each week. But let's gather together these activities and our longings and our concerns for a world that needs that love that we've been talking about today in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Great in God, together we pray for our neighbours and friends, all who share our parish, that together we live towards a place of compassion that brings life to all in our parish, that together we hold each other and offer good news of love and grace and peace. And what we pray for here 
we pray for our world. That how we learn to live towards each other is how the world learns to live, offering itself to others in Syria and Turkey, making peace in Ukraine and Russia, opening its table to the Horn of Africa and Yemen and Haiti, creating dialogue in Israel and Palestine. A world where relationships are shaped by the best of our humanity, the gift we give to others that we would like to receive from others. A world renewed by a peace that comes from generosity and compassion. This is our prayer and our dedication for how we live here is the hope we give the world. And for those who are our family and friends, for those who are ill both physically and mentally, those with anxiety and stress, those leading us who need to negotiate so much, those cold or hungry in our own communities, and a nation that feels lost, uncertain of the future and the consequences of our past decisions. This is our burden of prayer, yet our mission field of hope, locally in our parish and between each other globally. Hear us. So be it. Amen. Go in peace. Share that peace with our parish, with our world, with our neighbours and with each other. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. <laughs>